0: Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Visit them at griffinair.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the John Wayne Pass Story. In part one, we chatted about the early years, his transition from farm boy to global fighting superstar and the golden era. The story continues. We've known each other for 20 plus years. I've always considered you, amongst other things, very positive and very self-driven. Is that the real John Wayne Parr? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So,
1: so when I moved back from um, Thailand and ended 99, um, I got no trainer. So for, so for the last 20 years, except for when I was boxing with Rod, um, I've pretty much trained myself. Yep. So if any fights pop up, I'll, I'll ring my friend Kevin in New Zealand. Hey, can you fly over to Australia for four weeks and help me prepare for this fight? So I'll, I'll prepare for the first six weeks by myself and then the last four weeks I'll top up with him and cuz he's living at my house yeah. um, he can't escape so every morning every afternoon I I've got my
0: pad holder then yeah. um, the first six weeks of a, of a camp is is fitness it's road work it's it's yeah. get, getting the fat off yes. um and, and the final four weeks is fine tuning Fine-tuning. normally isn't it you know topping to, up topping up yeah, yeah so I was, um
1: and then every day um so five days a week I usually run 18Ks a day. So I do 12 in the morning, six at night, um, times five times and then uh, times that by 10 weeks, it works out to be nearly 900Ks before a fight. Um, So deep down, I know that I've done the road work and I know I'm fit and strong. I know that I can go flat out from the first to the last. Um, And then uh, with all my fights, I'll watch the, the, I'll I'll try and pull up my opponent on YouTube. I'll make my own game plans. I'll tell uh, Kevin or whoever's holding pads to me, okay, I need you to do this for me. And um, And then so far it's worked. Uh, I don't have a manager, I don't have a trainer, I've got no middleman to pay uh, and then so far it's been
0: successful. I've, I've handled up winning 10 world titles since so it's like it's going okay. <laughs> 10 world titles, does one championship or one victory stand out above the others?
1: Ooh, it's going to be up there.
0: Uh, I've actually talked to Mr Chattray, um,
1: and then I was explaining to him that I'm currently on 99 wins. So my first fight for the company, I'd love to try and get that that finally cross that um, yeah. that the get that one hundred. And he said, well, "Why don't we make it a double whammy? And why don't we try and go for the one hundredth win plus the world title?" Uh, it's like Man, that sounds good to me. So, yeah. so fingers crossed that hopefully I can come back, uh, have my first fight for the company in, de- in December, um, just to prove to myself after hip surgery that I can I can be a, a role model for people that have any hip problems or, or not to be afraid that life can go on after after such a, a big, big operation.
0: The Contender Asia in 08, it was a made-for-TV competition. Uh, you made the final against Jodson Cly, a, a legend in Asia, uh, whose nickname I love, the Boxing Computer. Your wife was pregnant, your dad had just been diagnosed with terminal cancer, and you were dropped twice before rallying late. You lost by decision, but many would argue that was your finest moment.
1: Yes, that was probably um, one of my proudest moments as well because you never know what's going to happen when you get hit on the chin, how you're going to react. You can either stay stay down or, or get up and fight as hard as you can. And then luckily for, for uh, just having Dad so sick, um, it was just my determination that I didn't want his last memories of me being stopped. I, yeah. I really wanted to make him proud and to try and to win um, just – because it was one hundred and fifty thousand US to the winner and 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 the and the contender uh, world title belt. Yep. So it would have been amazing for his last memories to, to see me win. But um, I fought as hard as I could. I was lucky to make the the five round decision. And then um, Dad was at uh, full time in the hospital that stay so I took the laptop and we I took him to his room and I, I played the final. You were able him. to watch it. And then um, even though I got beaten, he, he gave me one of those uh, arms around the shoulder hugs oh, nice. like, as your dads do. Yeah. In the game. And he said, mate, you could fight that guy 10 times and, and there's no way knowing you're going to beat him. He's just, the, he's too good. And then um, after he passed, it was pretty sad. But then uh, about a month later, I got a phone call from a promoter in Melbourne, Joe Nader, saying, hey, yep. how would you like to fight uh, Jotzing Gleag one more time? And then um, I trained super hard and then uh, it was a really tough fight. But this
0: time I was, I was lucky enough just to scrape in and get the decision. And then, uh, what did that mean to you, considering you'd had that conversation with your dad?
1: Yeah, well, it was one of those ones where as soon as I got back to the change room, I was looking for my phone, and I, I've gone to give him a call, to, and then yeah, that realization I was like, oh, ah, yeah, because um, you, you're just so yeah. automatic.
0: He's looking down though, yeah. But, yeah.
1: So, so in that respect, it's like, oh, deep down in my heart, it's like I'm, I'm, I did it. I, I just looked up at the heaven, just just letting him know, like that one was for you, Dad. You said I couldn't, but I did. So,
0: mentally, how do you deal with? out-of-the-ring issues, and concentrate solely on your job between the ropes because that that's a talent in life, not necessarily in fighting, it's a talent in life that not a lot of people possess or, or perfect.
1: Uh, obsession.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I've had this desire to, to not only be a, a great fighter but to be the, the greatest. Mm. Um, and and I've, I've said this numerous times, I, I don't want to be a flash pen in the pan, I want yep. to be remembered. I want to be the Raymond Deckers of Australia. Yep. I want to be the guy that the the young kids come up from the sport that they want to YouTube before they get into the ring to give them inspiration, um, and then hopefully once I pass it, that I'm I'm still that guy. Uh, yep. To be to, to 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 be the Muhammad Ali, to be the the guy, the that, example, example. Yeah. yeah. I, I want people to hopefully go to Thailand and experience the 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 not only the the sport but the lifestyle of just mm. waking up training. Cruising, just uh, getting in the ring, uh, testing yourself against a proper fighter, and then have that experience of having your hand raised in a different country, and um, that uh, the
0: joy—yeah,
1: such a such a uh, satisfying feeling.
0: I think most of us fight fans enjoy the UFC. However, it's really taken a dominant position on the combat landscape uh, to the detriment of the other disciplines. Do you think boxing? kickboxing, Muay Thai, even, you know, basic forms of jiu-jitsu or taekwondo, have they all suffered because UFC is the big show?
1: Uh, I think so, but very luckily for myself, with one championship, they've, um, they've opened the door for not only Muay Thai fighters but uh, other strikers. Yep. Um, so they've, they've incorporated the cage Muay Thai, but sometimes they can't use the cage, so they still um, use the ring. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that they've got the world's elite from every part of the globe. Uh, sometimes they're fighting in MMA gloves. Sometimes they're fighting in boxing gloves. Uh, and it's just giving us other strikers outside of the MMA to, uh, an opportunity to shine. Mm. So luckily for me, I'm signed with them. And, and they've offered me the, the biggest prize money that I've ever been offered in my whole life. They've, they've doubled everything I've ha- had in the past. So I'm so fortunate at 44 to still be given these opportunities and still given a, a, a platform to represent Australia on the world stage.
0: Around the same time you were uh, promoting Cage Moy ties, you mentioned your daughter Jazzy had her first fight. To say it caused a stir is an understatement. What are your memories of what was you know, probably a, a controversial period in your life and a period that there was a lot of fuss and you couldn't see what the fuss was about?
1: Oh yeah, it was rough. So, so um, at the age of seven because um, we were in the gym, Jazzy's at the gym morning and night, morning and night, and then she started training when she was seven, and then it's just fun just training your daughter and just holding pads and seeing her smile and seeing her achieve things that you never thought you, you think you she'd achieve. And then she said one day, um, hey, Dad, we've got the show coming up in a few months' time. Can I fight on it? I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe when you're eight, let's fight. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's get back to when you're eight. And then uh, on her eighth birthday, she goes – that I'm eight. I mate, <laughs> oh, I haven't no. forgotten. Yeah. It's like, oh no, you again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we had the fight coming up very shortly. So I thought, I oh, know what. I'll ring the Gold Coast Bulletin and I'll see if they do a little story. So just say something has Jazzy has a little um, snippet for a, a yeah Chicago. something from her memories. How cool that be? So um, they come and did a little story. We did a photo shoot and little Jazzy's having her first fight and it was a really cute story. It was really cool. And then they said, um, "Do you mind if we come back to this? Can we come to the show and do a follow-up story? That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be amazing. Do you mind if we bring Channel Nine with us? Ah, oh, oh, perfect. This is awesome. This is so like little Jazzy's a star. And then uh, so Jazzy had a fight, and then the first round was a bit tough. The girl was kicking her leg, and um, they got shin pads and headgear and big gloves and the whole business. They are well protected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The doctors there. The both parents are in the corners. Uh, uh, so Jazzy had a first uh, rough first round." Started having a little bit of a um, little bit of a cry as you do, come back and come back at the end of the first round. Jazzy, where's your checks? Got to start blocking those kicks. And you want me to? You want me to stop it? Don't don't stop it! Don't stop it! do I got this! I got this! Comes out second round, wipes her tears. Next minute she starts checking and steeping and just fights like a little champion. And then uh, end of the fight, both girls are awarded a draw. And then the crowd was so happy with the performance that you know how they throw ten bucks, five yeah. bucks, ten bucks. Here's a bit of change. So we collect up all the money. And then we divided up. So both girls made $150 just for Oh, lovely, the, yeah. And then Channel 9's like zooming in and, and oh. uh, everything else. And, I, and then so the next day I go down to the news Jersey and thinking, oh, yeah, how cute. I can't wait to see what they've written about Little Jazzy. And then when I get to the store front page, there's a picture of Jazzy on the front page. And the caption was... Uh, Venue full of drunken yobos screaming for eight year old blood. <laughs> oh, oh, no. That shit. wasn't the title I was hoping for. Mm. So and then sure enough, it just got worse. And then um so we did a a, a live feed from the gym with me and Jazzy to uh the Today show with yep. um, Cam Cam Smith or I think it's Cameron Cam Williams. Williams. Yep. He does the Sunday show. And he was amazing. All the, way, all the best, Jazzy. You look amazing. Congratulations on your fight. Like, really positive mm. emails. And then the next day, um, they, show, they show the same footage. It's like, oh, Jazzy, you're on TV again. They're showing the same stuff. This is cool. And then they cross back to Carl uh, Stefanovic. And Carl's like, this footage, footage makes me physically ill. That daughter should be taken off the parents before she's seriously oh. brain damaged. Or that she's um, obviously she doesn't want to be there. She's forced to. It's
0: like, what? Yeah,
1: and then um, my whole world just went upside down. Are you seeing red
0: at this stage? Is the fighter coming out? Thinking,
1: well, Jazzy started crying and she ran out of the room halfway through the segment. And I'm going, oh, so I'm pissed at Carl. Yeah, buddy, how could you? And then um, so that that was pretty annoying. And then the next day on the Tuesday, um, at six in the morning, I'm just about to go for a run. I have my coffee. I hear a knock, knock, knock on the door. Six in the morning. There can't be anyone. So I go down and check the door, and it was today tonight. And they got the camera in my face going, oh. we want an interview. Where did you put your daughter in the ring? And it's like, what is going and on? And you're it's,
0: just thinking, it's fuck six off. six in the yeah.
1: morning. I haven't even had my – ah, let me finish my coffee. I can't – got nothing to come back with. Um, I said, oh, look, everyone's asleep. Happy to give you an interview. Can you please come back at, say, 8.30? Just yep. to let everyone wake up first. Yep, yep, yep. So about ten minutes later, I went downstairs to take the wheelie bins out. And they're sitting in front of my house in their mm. car. I'm like, ah, oh, I thought you guys were going to go and come back. So we can't leave. Um, if we leave, we, loo- we lose our exclusive so, so oh whatever. So anyway, we go down to the gym. Jazzy does some pads, does some sit-ups and push-ups. and looks cute. Does the little eight-year-old girl thing. It was really, really cool. Uh, so they leave. And then I get a, an, uh, a phone call from the producer an hour later saying, hey, a uh, bit of bad news. We just reviewed the footage, and unfortunately, the story that we, run, we wanted to run, we can't use because you guys were too happy. <laughs> we wanted to run a different story, but no. because you were a happy family, we couldn't. The, the story wouldn't work because you guys were enjoying yourself too much.
0: Wow. So what did you
1: expect? And, and then the, the producer said, if I can give you one word of advice, turn your phone off. You're the number one trending story in Australia today. And then sure enough, as soon as I hung up the phone, it was just it bang, started. bang, uh, courier mail, triple M, uh, Adelaide, uh, Brisbane, Sydney, Perth, New York, and then it just went crazy. crazy. Did it just
0: feel like an avalanche had hit you and the family? Uh, it was. And then um,
1: because I wanted to protect my daughter and protect the sport, yeah. I'm, I was happy to answer every single call going, it's amazing. Muay Toy's amazing. The girls loved it. They were, yeah. They, they got a trophy. They got a little bit of money. They bought some toys. Um, she went into the, the, the ring, at a little girl, and she came out a warrior. i yeah. like, as a father, you can't be more impressed than mm. your daughter doing something that you'd never thought you'd. It was a cra it was awesome. I, I, I love her so much for what she did, but they just wanted to throw me under the bus and make me an example. And then, about three or four days later, after just getting non stop smashed, just pumped, it's just yeah. like a, there was no escape because they can tell their side to the world, but there's no response. You can't, no, you can't, that's right. Yeah, you can't protect your, protect your family. Uh, so I jumped on Google. And, oh, how far has this gone? And sure enough, England, Germany, uh, uh, England. Uh, and then it even went to a, an a media outlet in the Middle East called Al Jazeera. Yeah. Al Jazeera was talking about eight-year-old girls fighting in pads. Next story was about people blowing themselves up. But there was the story oh. about fighting, girl. Oh, they're goodness. in pads, they're little yeah. girls. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so after two weeks, I had a reporter contact. Oh, this is before… Um, They flew a news crew out from England, a news crew out from uh, America. Wow. Uh, The Today Show in America, some BBC show in England. And they were were positive. They're going, well, girls want to be in the army. Yeah. they, They want them on the front line. Yeah. Why can't girls compete with pads on in
0: a protectors board? If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the legend series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. Did the negative stuff hurt more than the positive stuff felt good?
1: Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh... But the funny thing was, even though I was getting smashed on the TV, radio, and newspaper, I'd walk down the street and everyone would come up to me and tap tap me on the shoulder, go, "Keep what you're doing, what you're doing," because I do martial arts as a kid and I loved it, and mm. I got my kids in martial arts and they love it. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it's it's. All. And then uh, you'd read the paper, but the, I think people could see through the bullshit. They they yeah. knew they knew that what I was doing was okay. Um, I wasn't throwing in front of a bus. It was just the compete, just fun. It was just fun. And, then, and now, and now seven. Uh, so that was when she was eight. Now she's seventeen. Yep. Touring the world, doing this, doing that, fighting in front of massive crowds, and loving life. And you come back to Australia, and and if the the media do a story, it's like, yeah. You, now, now she's the Australia's favourite daughter, yep. the, and when it, it's like you guys are the ones that wanted to smash me, and now all of a sudden we always knew she was going to be awesome. Yeah. It's like, no, you
0: just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Same ones that were ripping in. Mate, for a while you looked through the window at boxing and you scratched your head and thought, maybe. You did give it a go. You won the Australian middleweight title. Your name's alongside the likes of Dave Sands, Tony Mundine, Wally Carr. What did winning that title mean to you? Um, was it as special as titles in Muay Thai or... Or just different?
1: Uh different. Um, I was very, very satisfied because at that stage I was. I think I got uh, eight and zero. Uh, my eighth fight, uh, eight fight, eight knockouts. Um, uh, Andre Kamula for the Australian yes. title, and he broke his hand around ten. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, I end up having fourteen pro multi. uh sorry, boxing fights. And four out of those fourteen break their hands on my head. <laughs> my claim to fame is, is got that a right? thick skull, <laughs> yeah, concrete head. <laughs> I might not have the best defense, but at the same time, my head's so thick that people break their hands. So yeah, four out of my uh, uh, eleven wins were from handbrakes. Um Yeah, it was, it was, the Australian title was um, very special. So 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 when I when I write my credentials, even to this day, I'll write down on my war titles and I'll always make sure that I add the, the former Australian yeah. boxing champion as well because it is a big deal um i'm I'm proud of my efforts in um the boxing and i just felt like oh with the muay thai i was traveling the world and with the boxing i was sort of stuck at rsl clubs yep and it's like that's a legitimate call too and then um in muay thai it's such a younger crowd that that when you're fighting like you'll see people standing on their chairs screaming and yelling and yeah, feed off their adrenaline. Yeah. And then in the boxing, I felt like I'd have a guy in the corner and, and unleash it like a 20-punch combo. And while I'm wailing away, I could hear knives and forks on their people's plates yeah. eating. It's like, ah, oh, this different is demographic. <laughs> different demographic. Yeah. It was so um yeah, just a different, different energy. Uh even the as much as I love boxing, the 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 judges and the referees, mm. like like the the guys here in Australia, they're all 50, 60, yeah. 70 and they're they're following you around the ring, and it's just that everyone seems so much uh, uh, mature. Mature—that's <laughs> the nice way of putting it, mate.
0: You, you fought and beat Anthony Mundine at the end of 2019. What was that like as an experience?
1: Can I tell you a funny story? I saved this one for this for this one. So I've had really bad hips for the last two years, yeah, uh, and then uh, osteoarthritis, and then no cartilage left in the joint, and then it's bone on bone, and Ooh. then uh, so August. 2019, I, I fought in Tokyo, and then um, as I was preparing for that fight, uh, uh, I get a phone call from the promoter saying, "Hey, um, just inquiring, would you like to have a boxing fight?" I'm going, "No, <laughs> no, I do not." It's been ten years. <laughs> it's been yeah. it's been seventeen years. Is that how long? Oh, 2000. And, oh no, sorry, my last fight was 2003. So, so nearly nice seventeen. Enough, yeah. yeah. So, want uh, to have a boxing fight? I'm just getting ready for a fight in Japan. It's like, oh, not really. Uh, what happens if we offer you the fight with Anthony Mundine? And that's, in Australia, that's the Conor McGregor. That's, yeah. that's, that's the fight. That's the money fight. oh, you got my attention now. So, uh, funny thing, the two weeks before they got offered for the fight, I took my young fighter, Ben Marney down to Brisbane to, to do some rounds with Mundine yep. as he was preparing for Jeff Horn. And then um, uh, uh, Benny looked amazing. Benny's uh, um, had uh, 40 Muay Thai fights, about five or six boxing fights by that stage. And, um, uh, he was doing really well against Mundine, and then uh, that gave me confidence after seeing how bad Mundine looked against my guy. Yeah. Then they offered to ring me up and saying, "Hey, do you want to fight him?" I was like, "Yes, so do." Yeah. <laughs> yes, I so do. How much? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was um, if it was the 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 Mundine that was fighting the. The 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 Eccles and
0: the Svenotkeys the and Muggies, those guys, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I I dare say I wouldn't have been touching it, yep. but but now he's a little bit older and like I was saying before that I'd, I I studied his form guide and he yep. only had one fight for the last one one a year one a year one a year for the last four yeah. years, so I I could I knew I could back my confidence with my fitness, um, I knew my fitness would be my my uh, advantage. Yep. Um. So we we took the fight over ten rounds. Um. But then my hip was so bad that I was so relieved that I didn't have to kick for 10 weeks in the preparation. Yep. But uh, I got worn. Uh, so after my kickboxing fight in Japan, I got an MRI, another update, another a cortisone injection. And then they're telling me, your hip's done. Like the, uh, you have known what's known as a bone edema. So my bone marrow was swelling inside my my femur head. and oh. my, So the bone marrow was pushing against the bone from the inside. So I do my sessions, which were quite uh, painful. But then when I cooled down, I'd get waves of pain up the, up the femur uh, just for hours, uh, maybe four or five hours, just agony. Yeah. And then as it started to subside, it'd be time to train again. It's like, ah. <laughs> so I was in this constant battle of just, and then um, uh, the surgeon, he's contacted me and said, hey, look, uh, we need you to stop running. Uh, there's a your femur head so brutal right now that there's a chance that while you're running your femur head might snap on one of your runs <laughs> so every morning for 10 weeks as i'm putting my shoes on i'm thinking to myself jeez i hope my femur head doesn't snap today yeah <laughs> i hope today's not that <laughs> i'm oh. thinking to myself as much as it hurts and as much as it sucks and i'm fighting everything undeen, but, but if i win imagine the story this yeah. is yeah i i and then uh just just fighting the agony and just the idea of putting my shoes on every morning because i couldn't I couldn't bend down to put my sock on so I'd have to take three big breaths, like swipe myself up just to put my my biggest fight was my shoes I didn't care about anything my knee, that much trying pain. to put my shoes on was yeah. more of a battle than it was uh, trying to get ready for the fight so um so I finished the fight uh, lucky to get the win very happy to get the win and then and then uh the the pain not long after that I uh, got to the stage where. Um, I take a step, and as I put my body weight down on my foot, my the bone on bone would touch, and my leg would give out to him every three or four steps for the next two weeks. Um, and then, with the COVID, uh, I just seen the surgeon. Uh, Everything was good to go, except for they stopped uh, uh, elective surgery. So then, I, then, oh, then there was about course. three or four months of just waiting, 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 waiting. Then uh, the government allowed elective surgery, and that long after that, I finally got the the damage the the, the hit. Um, with the Birmingham, which Mundine had done back in 2016, right before he rematched um, Danny Green the second time. So he was my – then, even though we just fought – Mundine was my inspiration to um, get the surgery done because he showed me that even after it, he fought Danny about six months after his surgery Mm -hmm. and was successful. Even though he didn't get the win, he went the 10 rounds or 12 rounds showing that there is life after the operation. So um, now that I've had it done, I'm seven weeks post-op. And um, hopefully, I can fight uh, December, which will be six months almost to to the day from my nice. So, um, I, w- I want to show people with um, future procedures that there is life after the yep. operations and you can keep um, being successful. Hopefully,
0: <laughs> retirement. It's been suggested, promised. You've announced it, you've confirmed it several yes. times. So, twice. But, twice. You're twice. a fighter at heart. You yes. just. You you change your mind. You keep going. Yes.
1: Um, the first time I retired in two thousand and twelve, after our first CMT show, uh, I recently broke my finger in two thousand and twelve, and then I had this uh, uh, sort of idea of starting the cage. My tie. Uh, we did the first show. I thought it. Michael. Uh, sorry, uh, Jordan. Tie from New Zealand. Yep. Um, got got the victory uh, wanted to finish on top but then the, the the cage was so much fun fighting MMA gloves and just the and adren- it's your shot. the adrenaline of mm. my show and it's like oh this is amazing and then um, I had about six months off and I think because I'd been training full time for the last 25 years or so, yeah. I, I just needed a break yep. I just needed a time opportunity for my body heal and just the, not thinking about fighting for a few months and then after about six months I got to the stage where I was in that no man's land I was like oh no what do I do now yeah and then, um, yeah, I got offered a, a, a fight, and it's like, oh, why not? So, and then, yeah, so, so, luckily, um, kept going, kept going, kept going. And then, with my hip, after the Mundine fight, the pain was so out of control that even if I wanted to keep going, I couldn't. And then, then now, now I've got that fix, and I've, I've got that new lease of life again. Uh, so, just before the surgery, I took my. Um, one of my students, who's now going out with my daughter, uh, uh, lucky uh, um, to Singapore to fight because he got time with one championship also. Yep. So I took him over to Singapore. He fought Sami, and I got to meet the promoter for the first time, Mr. Chaturay, and uh, he was such a nice gentleman. He's a Thai as well, so I could speak Thai to him, um, and he was saying what a big fan I was for, of my work and how he loved my aggression and loved my boxing style and uh, loved my excitement. Um, uh, what would you do if uh, we offered you a contract? And, oh, geez, I don't know. I think I'm done. And when they offered me double of the yeah. money that I was made offering before here, uh, it's like, oh, you definitely got my attention now. Um, sure. And now that I've had the surgery, I just feel like uh I'm 20 years old again. So I'm I'm excited to uh to make waves. They're 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 probably the biggest show in in um, the world right now, yep. outside of UFC. Uh, actually Forbes magazine did a recent uh uh interview, or not interview, uh, a segment where they listed the top 10 influential companies around the world. Uh, one UFC, UFC was one. UFC, UFC was five, and one championship was four. Wow! So it's a big not it? The demographic or the Asian audience. Yeah, they, they have a, a much larger fan base. So it's like that's amazing. I fight for a company that's bigger than UFC. That's, that's huge. So,
0: Your so, yeah. journey isn't over, but what would you change? What would I change? Yeah. Ooh, geez. Oh geez. Um, I don't think
1: I change a thing. I but, love that answer. Yeah, I, I'm so happy. I could not have dreamt the of the opportunities and the, the people and the memories. I'm so happy that I've got to achieve so many things that I never thought I could achieve. Um, and just the fact that I've turned what I love doing in, into a, a profession where uh, to make money is a bonus. Yeah. I, like even if I, they stop paying me tomorrow, I'd still be doing it no matter what. I'd still be training. I'd still be competing. Just the – the uh, just hanging out with the boys and and just sharing um, yeah. every every just sharing a sweat, it's just an um, amazing lifestyle. I couldn't think of anything else, and, and um, I'm so lucky to be where I am. And um,
0: yeah, I got no regrets at all. Best of luck with whatever's next, John Wayne Parr. You sir are a legend.
1: Oh, stop it!
0: <laughs> 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 A new episode of the Legends series drops every Tuesday and the weekly Wodge every Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow us on social media at the Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. Come back soon. Legends.